Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast and, and YouTube channel. <laughs> My name is Art Burns. Pardon me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited I can hardly speak. How about that? <laughs> Even though I speak every single day into this camera, I get choked up sometimes because I get so excited. Um, so uh, before we get into today's work, I want to I wanna first do a little bit of housekeeping here, okay? I know that yesterday I said that I was going to post the link to next Wednesday's uh, Learning to Surf uh, meeting and meditation. I forgot to do it, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to put it in there now. And the reason why I want to do the, what, the reason why I'm kind of calling this out is I want you to know something, okay? And I know I mentioned this yesterday, but sometimes I think, I don't know, maybe people don't listen to the very end of the videos, and that's cool. I get it. It's a half hour, and I mean, I can't listen to a half hour podcast every day myself. So uh, I don't, I don't feel at all anything negative at all for you or for me if you don't listen to the whole thing. That's totally fine. Um, but in case you didn't listen till the end, right? I wanted to make sure you know something, okay, that, that every week I do this on Wednesday evening. It happens at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, which would be 9 o'clock on the East Coast, 6 o'clock on the West Coast. Yeah, that is West, I think. Um, and actually, that's West. So so there or there. <laughs> um, and so uh, so anyway, pardon me. Um, at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, which is 6 o'clock on the West Coast and 9 o'clock on the East Coast, um, and then, of course, 8 o'clock in the, in the Central Time Zone, uh, I host a, a little meeting. And it's, it's what we do is we... We kind of settle in, we do a little meditation for about a half hour or so, and then for another half hour or so, and oftentimes we go beyond the one hour mark, and that's totally fine by me. But in the next half hour after the meditation, what we do is we we have a discussion, right? And and, and in this discussion, I'm, I'm really playing the role of coach. I mean, I'm not really coaching, you know, more generalizing and just sort of, you know, answering questions that people have and, and helping people to understand aspects of mindfulness. But there are people in this group who ask specific questions and, and I find myself specifically coaching them at times. And so the reason I bring this up is because, look, <laughs> I know how hard it is out there right now. Okay, financially, logistically, uh, stressfully, the whole thing, right? There's, you know, the, everything's sort of opening up again now, and it seems as though we're out of COVID, and I don't know, I'll believe it when I see it, I, you know, I, who knows what's going to happen. But again, like I always tell people, like a, a year and a half, two years ago, you never, ever, ever could have predicted what happened this year or this past, you know, between 2020 and 2021, right? There's no way anybody could have predicted that, right? And so who knows what's going to come next, right? So, so even though it feels like, oh, we're coming out of this and everything's going to get back to normal. Well, first of all, back to normal, I don't think that was very good for most people. I don't think normal was very sustainable for a lot of people. And so, so the reason I'm bringing this up, you know, even though I don't talk about, you know, this is not a political podcast and it's not a societal kind of podcast. It's a, it's really a mindfulness podcast. It's a, it's a podcast for giving you the tools to, to in the here and now, you know, kind of make sense of life and, and, and coexist with life, right? So that you can be a functional and, and, and well, healthy member of society, Right. And so so that's the whole function of this podcast. Right. But that's you know, we can't ignore 
the social, political, economic realities, right? And the social, political, economic realities are that, you know, there's a lot of people who are struggling, right? And you might be one of those people who is struggling. In fact, somebody just left me a message the other about how they were struggling, right? And so that's the reason I bring up this midweek mindfulness meeting that I do every Wednesday evening, right? That's what we call it's the midweek mindfulness meetup with Art Burns, right? And so, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's totally free, okay? Totally free, right? Now, I know I offer you a free one-time coaching session. That also is totally free, but it's just a one-time thing. I can't, I just, I can't, I wish, you know, like, like my wife and I talk about it all the time. If we win the lottery one day, I'll just do this for free all the time. Like I'll, I'll come to your house and I'll do this for you for free, you know, but that's not the reality, right? The reality is that I have a family to support. I have bills to pay. I have, you know, a life to upkeep, you know, not an extravagant life. You know, everything you see here is pretty old and not expensive, but it's, it requires, you know, it requires a, a financial flow, right? And so, so doing this as a you know, as a uh, means of, of making a living is, is just the reality, right? But that's why I suggest this Wednesday evening session, right? Because yes, we do ask for donations. Anybody able to give donations, we ask, and, and many people are very generous and we're very grateful for that, right? But there's, it's a reason why we call it a donation because perhaps your donation is zero and that is okay, right? Like we are fully prepared for, for nobody to give donations if that's how it happens, right? Obviously it's not what we want because it's cost us money to do this, but, but either way, it's not like we're not going to do it. It's not like I'm not going to show up and, and, you know, I don't even know who donates and who doesn't, to be honest with you. That's all handled by Adam. So, so it's like, I, I'm just showing up and doing my thing, right? And so, so if you feel like you might benefit from, having a a little session like that, right? No, it's not one-on-one, but in a way that's even better because sometimes, you know, person A will ask a question that person T didn't realize that she had also. And person B might see, you know, a follow-up question from from person T and realize that 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 was something that they wanted to say that helps person D, right? So it's just it it's it's all such a beautiful flow of of guidance and help and 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 assistance, right? And it's an opportunity for you to ask a question if you have one right? It's also a great meditation we do every week. So at at worst case scenario, you're doing a 30 minute guided meditation, which is going to feel amazing, right? And it's guided by me. So I'm, I'm, I'm including all of the stuff that I talk about here, right? I'm, 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 you know, engineering the practices to teach you mindfulness. And so, so yeah, I mean, you know, we could absolutely charge a good bit of money for what we're delivering in this, but we don't. And so I want you to know that, right? Because if you're in hard times, if you're, if, if you've come upon hard times and you're struggling, like most of us are on some level, well then come on in, right? Come on in, just show up. You can keep your camera off if you want to. It's okay, right? But this is a resource that's available for you. So I, I just wanted you to know about that. So now I'm, I'm going to re- do my best to remember to put the link in the, in, the, uh, in the description below so that you can check it out. But yeah, just, just letting you know. 
Okay? All right. So yesterday we talked about, I'm going to have a little cup of tea here, like a nice Brit. Um, I follow this guy online who's a, a musician. He's a beautiful, beautiful musician. His name's Ben Chapman, if you want to, C-H-A-P-M-A-N. He's from the UK, and he plays this just beautiful guitar songs that just, I mean, they just touch my heart. And so there's this thing on, on Facebook now since um, f from the whole uh, pandemic and the quarantine, uh, this group started this thing called Socially Distant Fest. So for all the musicians who are not able to go to bars and make their money and stuff like that, they perform on a camera on Facebook. And then you can give them little tips with Venmo and stuff like that. And it's just been such a great thing. And so Ben is one of the people who are in this Socially Distant Fest and he's just such a magical poet and 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 musician i just i hope you look him up but anyway he he's british so he says oh let me get my cup of tea you know <laughs> so i just love that anyway to you ben thank you for the tunes so yesterday we talked about um we talked a lot about uh perfectionism right and um like i did the talking <laughs> but but we were in a conversation together uh with regards to perfectionism and, and so i want to follow up a little bit on that with something else that you know in the black book in the in my little moleskin black notebook um what i i, I put in for today's topic was how i used to be so absolutely pessimistic about life and so unmotivated in my life. And a lot of people have a hard time believing that, right? Because now I am completely opposite, right? I have all kinds of motivation and I am, if anything, sometimes maybe overly optimistic, right? I don't feel like I really am. I mean, I'm not like a toxic positivity kind of guy or, or like, oh, just be happy and everything will be fine kind of thing. I don't, you know, I don't buy into it like on that level. But I do see optimism. I just, I refuse not to see the potential for things to work out. I don't. And, and that's in every single circumstance. And, and that is a healthy thing, right? That, that is part of my psychological well-being, right? Now, that's not to say that somebody who is pessimistic is, is, is unhealthy. Right. Or, or, or doing something that's that's wrong. Right. There's a need for people to be, you know, pessimistic. Right. Because because they're going to think of the worst case scenarios. Those are the people who who are really good at creating like safety guidelines in the world. Right. Like you don't want somebody like me creating safety guidelines. Right. Because I'm going to be the guy that says, you know, oh, yeah, don't worry. Everybody will figure that out. <laughs> You know, again, not not to such a comical degree, but that wouldn't be my strength, right? I am not going to be the person who thinks of all the things that could go wrong. I'm the guy who thinks of all the things that could go right. And so we need people who think about all the things that go wrong. So 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 by no means am I saying that it's wrong to be pessimistic, right? But but really what it comes down to is, is your pessimism authentically you, right? Or is it not authentically you? And that's the difference, right? Because because back when, right, my pessimism was was unhealthy pessimism, and it certainly wasn't the authentic art, right? Um, I had a, a job way back then. My first career was in a in kind of a sales position. Like I repped, uh, uh, um, you know, printing and and reproduction services from these big companies with all the big ad agencies, like the kind of names that you'd hear on Mad Men, right? Like the big deal, right? It wasn't just like a, a printing, like a copy shop kind of thing. This was like big time printing. Like when you go into, um, you know, whatever big 
uh, um, uh, department stores, right? And you go by the cosmetics counters and you see those huge, big posters that are backlit and the, and the cards on the counter and the, all that kind of stuff. Well, that's the stuff I used to produce, right? Like not like, you know, dime store, you know, cheap stuff, like very, really high end. Right. And so, and so it was all on a commission basis. Right. And, and I had to, like, if, if the sales didn't happen, then I didn't get paid. Right. And that's how it went. And in fact, I remembered last night um, a time where, uh, you know, in about 1998, where my salary was cut in half one day, just came in and boom, that's it. You know, to this week, you're making half as much as you made last week. Congratulations. <laughs> right. And so so, I mean, I definitely had some reason for some pessimism, but I used to be just absolutely up a wall about it. I used to be convinced Right. If somebody told me, okay, Art, you're going to do this job that's going to start next, you know, uh, two weeks from today, right? For those two weeks, right, I would be convinced, like 100% convinced that I wasn't going to get the job. There was no nothing to indicate to me that I wasn't going to get the job. There was nothing to, to you know, th there was no evidence in any kind of way. But yet I was convinced, and I'm talking like convinced, convinced, like I was 100% sure. Like every time the phone rang, I was like, oh, is that Debbie telling me that the, the job's off, right? You know, every, that's the level of, of which it was, right? And so, so you know, so, so, so that's not healthy, right? You know, it's one thing to say like, okay, you know, there's a competition for this job and, and you know, Debbie was noncommittal about it. So I don't know if I'm going to get it. There's there's a reality of that. Right. Like the, there's a uh, the ability to be realistic about it, of course. Right. And that kind of healthy pessimism to, to sort of create reality. Well, that works. Right. But but to assume that things are going to go bad, that's a sign that something's going on, right? That's a sign that somewhere in, inside you, you're not really being authentic. And so, so I, I, you know, and so, so when I look back on it, right, of course I see that it's very tied into that perfectionism that I used to live with. Right. The, the idea that I had to get everything right, that I had to be, you know, this, this successful business person. I had to have, you know, the 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 new gadgets like like I, you know, I remember back then, like going into a store and spending like a thousand dollars on a digital camera was like I didn't do any research. I think I just went in, put my credit card down and took it, you know, and that's just the way I used to live. Right. And but I felt like if I couldn't live that way, then somehow I was a failure. Right. And so, of course, this is what breeds that pessimism. And this is, of course, what what gets in the way of motivation, too. Right. Now, motivation is t deeply tied into our emotions. Right. So, in fact, your motivation is 100 percent your, your emotions in many ways. Right. Even something like hunger. Right. Like we often think like hunger. Now that's a biological imperative. Right. Like I I cannot not eat. Sure, that's true. Right. Your body will start breaking down. But that doesn't happen for like a month. Right. You could not eat for like a month before your body starts showing signs of, 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 of failing health because of lack of food. Right. So so when you feel that pain in your stomach, that little, you know, gurgling in your stomach. Right. You know, the, you, you feel like, oh, I got to go eat something, 
Like, this is important. Like, I, I better eat fast. Even though nothing's going to happen to you if you don't, it's because it's an emotional thing, right? You're afraid. What happens if I don't eat? And yes, that's your body making you do that, of course, and that's your body making sure that you never get to that point of starvation, right? Your body is creating that, that fear to say, hey, this, this stomach growling, this is, a, this is an important thing here, so you better go fix this. You better go take care of yourself, get something to eat, right? But it's an emotional response. The motivation to go to the refrigerator, go out to the pizza place or whatever it is, that's an emotional motivation, right? And remember, we're always motivated one of two ways, right? We're either motivated towards something we love or we're motivated away from something we fear, right? And so if we're afraid of not getting the job, we're afraid of not being the perfect relationship, we're afraid of not having enough stuff in our lives, right? When we're, when we're engaged in that fear on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, well, then that's going to impact everything that happens beyond that, right? It's going to hold us back from taking action, and it's also going to create the negative thoughts that are going to be very pessimistic, and so you're going to assume the worst case scenario in all, all opportunities. You're going to look for opportunities to assume the worst subconsciously, but still you are. And so this all ties together. And so, so I want to tell you a little, um, a little personal story that just happened yesterday. So and me cup of tea first. So, um, sorry, my son and I talk in these terrible British accents all day long. It's like a fun game we have. We actually went to the store the other day, and <laughs> he said that my son's at the time nine years old. He just turned ten. So he said to this this lady at the count, you know, the cashier. He says, "Obviously, we're British, but we're putting on an Aussie accents." <laughs> he didn't sound Australian or British, but the girl behind the counter, God bless her, she, she jumped right into a British accent with him. It was just the most adorable thing. Anyway, sorry to digress. Um, uh, so, so I'm, yes. Okay. So let me tell you a story about what happened yesterday. I'm sorry. I digress here. I, I totally lost the flow here, but, but we'll get it back. Trust me. I, I'm a professional. I got you. Um, so, so Wednesday night, right? As I just told you, I do this, this wonderful group every Wednesday night. and it's the way that I end my night on Wednesday and Wednesday is my Monday reminder, right? So, so, at the end of my first day of my week is always just this joyous, beautiful, just absolutely fulfilling, you know, experience, right? I mean, I get to really connect with some very, very wonderful people. I get to feel their gratitude. I get to see the, the understanding on their face. I get to guide them through these beautiful meditations, which with me, every time I guide meditation, it's always going to include some level of compassion, right? So it always feels good. And I know that it feels good for them. And I know that I'm helping them feel good. And it just feels wonderful, right? And so, so Wednesday, I had a couple of other great meetings with, a, I have, you know, a full schedule on Wednesday. So I had lots of great meetings, lots of great, beautiful stuff happening, right? And I went to bed just on Wednesday night, just absolutely elated, right? Just feeling like 
this is the life that I, I've always dreamed of. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. There's nothing wrong at all. I mean, of course, you know, we have money issues. We have, uh, you know, rents coming up and we're scratching our head. We had our son's birthday, so we spent a little extra money. You know, so the, it's not that nothing's wrong, right? But it's just the way that I feel is just, just perfect, right? And I mean that as a pun, right? Perfect, right? There is no perfect, right? We know that. But anyway... Went to bed Wednesday night feeling that, right? And then Thursday morning I wake up and every morning I do my meditation and, and I've been doing some compassion meditation. I would love to share that with you. If you want, book a call with me. I'll share you the, the, uh, the compassion meditation that I do every morning. It feels wonderful, you know, and I picture people in my life and I just offer them the compassion and then, and then I get to talk to them and like, you know, it's like, oh, you're the person you were in my mind this morning. You, you were so happy in my mind and I, I worked so hard to make you happy in my mind. And here we are speaking. It, it changes things so significantly. In fact, I just helped somebody uh, yesterday who was going into a, a job interview Right. This woman had three. You know who you are. I know you're listening. Uh, she had three job interviews for the same job in one day. And so I, I recommended to her before after the first one, she called me. And she's like, I'm, I'm not feeling well. I got this. I'm nervous and all this kind of stuff. There's lots of different uh, details to the story. But but basically, I, 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 I explained my compassion practice and said, picture the person that you're going to interview with and, and picture their struggle. Picture them struggling with something, suffering through something, because they do. They, we all do. We're all suffering in some level, struggling on some level. And so picture their struggle and, and it, let your heart wish for the end of their suffering. And she texted me right after the last interview. She said, that helped so much. So I'm going to, you know, so there it is. That's the practice, basically. If you want more details on it, just book a call, send me an email. I'll talk you through it. So that's how I start my day every day on Thursday. So it wasn't a Thursday thing. Right? I was still feeling real good coming out of my meditation on Thursday. And then I look at my phone, right? And I see that uh, one of my one of my clients had canceled a meeting same day. It's okay. It happens. I get it. It's totally cool. And then another client canceled like last minute. Like I, I basically texted about an hour or so before the meeting. And, and that's okay too. I get it. It's not a problem, right? But but it was like a bummer, right? Like I all of a sudden I had all this extra time on my hands. And I was like, well, shoot, I wish I had known that I had this extra time. Maybe I would have planned something with my kids or done something like that. And it's a little bit of a bummer. And so now I'm feeling a little, ugh. Like, ugh, that's just, you know, just a little less energy, just a little bit, right? And then, well, well, let me let me tell you the story from the back end, right? So, so somewhere around like two or three o'clock yesterday, I found myself just absolutely down in the dumps. Like I could have cried at any given moment. I could have cried at how I felt yesterday. Now, again, I jumped on the call with my clients and, and helped her with her job interviews and stuff. So it's not that I can't like shake it off and get to work and, and you know, but but I still felt like, Ugh, I felt like a heaviness and a, and a, and a, and a, 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 a sadness, a, like sort of a pal over me, right? And so, so 
I, I took out my journal. I was like, I got to figure this out. Like, this is not, I'm feeling like really crappy. And I had like, you know, because of the cancellations, I had like three hours to wait for my last appointment, which was, uh, you know, a six o'clock appointment, you know? And, and so I was like, I got to figure this out. You know, I, I can't, I just gotta, you know, I just gotta do something here. So I took out my journal. I said, this is what I need to do. I need to work through this. Right. And as I'm journaling, it came to my attention. I, I realized, I, I found out, I discovered that, you know what? <clears throat> right now I'm reading this book. It's called The Body Keeps the Score, uh, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma by Bessel van der, van der Kolk, MD, Dr. Vander, uh, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. Famous book. Uh, amazing rave reviews of, of everybody that I've ever heard or, or, you know, read. And I'm about, you know, not really very, so where are you? Very far in at this point. Don't have a ton of, uh, of post-its here. But the thing about this book is that it's all about trauma, right? And so it's just story after story after story of people who are suffering with trauma and lo and behold what do you think happens when you read a hundred pages of this book in a day or 50 pages or 30 pages or whatever it was that i read i mean i had a good amount of time to read so i was like hey this is perfect no no appointments let me catch up on this reading you know or let me get you know as, as deeply into this reading as i can because the reason i'm doing this is to understand my own trauma but also to, to help to, to be educated on trauma so that because most of the clients that I, I have right now and most of the clients I'll ever have because most of the people in the world, like 90% of the people in this world have experienced trauma as children or as adults. And so, so it makes me a more informed coach. And it makes me more, um, uh, 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 you know, it gives me more of a full offering, if you will, Right. But guess what it also does? It makes me think of my own trauma, right? It makes me remember. It makes me, you know, relive it in certain ways. And that's what I found myself doing yesterday without even realizing, right? And that's how it sneaks up on you. You know, like, like I, I, I realized that I was just in this funk, just like a terrible, terrible state of, of, of physical and emotional my state was just so low and so so sad and, and and heavy and blah. And so it was in my mindful inquisition of this, right, as I investigated, okay, where is this coming from? What is going on here? Because of the practice I've done, I had it didn't take me long to to put it all together and realize like, oh, it's just because of the book. And because of the change in schedule. And so therefore, now, there's nothing wrong. This is not imperfect that I'm not feeling good today. It's actually, how could I not be not feeling good reading this book? Right? And it's okay. And, and, and in feeling this, guess what? I'm learning about myself. And I'm growing through my own healing of my own trauma. So the book is doing exactly what it's supposed to do, right? It's not that something's wrong. It's not that something's bad. It's just that this is, is happens to be a circumstance in which my emotions are going to be very heavy, right? 
And so, but at any moment I can stop and I can recognize it and then I can do things to change it. Right. And that's what I did. Right. When I realized after I did this journaling, I was like, okay, look, I have an hour left before the end of, before this, this, uh, this next meeting that I have or an hour and a half, I think it was. So I had lots of time. It's like, let me do a couple of things that I love to do right? Let me do a couple of things that bring me just automatic joy and then see what happens, right? Be curious about it. So what I did, I repotted a fern that I brought back from the brink of death. I mean, this thing's not quite out of the woods yet, but my, oh my, I almost murdered this, this plant like a year ago. I took it from like the windowsill and I said, you know what? In Colorado, it's real dry. I, I know that ferns like moisture. Let me put it in the bathroom. Also next to the window, it's facing the same way. So there was like, I couldn't understand it, but like three days later, the whole thing went from green to brown, like the whole thing. It looked like it was dead. And I was like, oh my gosh, this poor little plant. So I put it back where it was and I just slowly cared for it. And it's been like, you know, coming up on two years now and, and there's still a lot of brown, but, but there's a lot of green and it's, and it's coming back. It's fighting its way back. And so yesterday I just rewarded this little baby with a, a new pot, Right. Because ferns like to be moist, and so I had it in a terracotta pot, which kind of wicks the moisture out of the soil. So I put in a ceramic pot that will hold the moisture in the soil even better, right? And so I did that, and I was already feeling better, right? And then I said, hey, Casey, my son, I said, let's go for a walk. I love my walks with my son. We walk like six, eight blocks, and we just have these crazy, beautiful conversations. And so I did that, and by the time we got back from all of that, I didn't feel that heaviness anymore. I didn't feel that, that, that weight on me anymore. Because I took away the stimulus that was creating it. And I, and I created a new stimulus. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with feeling sad. And it was okay that I felt sad. It's not that I had to change it. But I decided I wanted to change it. You know, I had sat with it for so long. And I said, you know what? This isn't comfortable. I'd rather feel happy right now. I've got to get on a call with clients. I want to be in a happy place. I want to be in an uplifted, more well place. And so once I identify the source of the pessimism and the, the, um, <clears throat> the, the pessimism and the, the lack of motivation, right? Because that's what I was feeling again, right back to where I used to be. That was a very familiar feeling of just like, just everything's going to be bad. You know, I'm not, you know, my clients tomorrow are all going to cancel on me. I'm not going to make enough money. We're going to get kicked out of our apartment. You know, that's the way my thoughts were going. So I stopped and I recognized that that's, you know, my thoughts were that way for a reason. And then once I knew the reason why my thoughts were going that way, now I can create a reason for my thoughts to go the other way. And that's what I did. And that's where self-awareness is so important, right? Because it's, it's in that awareness that we can see the simple solutions, because the solution was super simple. It wasn't like I had to do anything extravagant at all. It took a little walk and put a plant from one pot to another pot. And these are some of the most basic things anybody could ever do. But yet, look at the difference. And it all came from that place of awareness. And that awareness came from the practices. 
All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. If you want some help figuring out how to set up a, a routine of practicing, I'm actually talking to somebody today about uh, perhaps creating a mobile app that I can help with. Um, so there's big things happening. But if you're looking for some help, in the description, there's a link. That link, you click it, you go into my calendar, you pick a day, the day will pop up with the available times, pick one of those times, enter your name, your email address, hit save, you're done. I take it from there, okay? And all you got to do is ask the question you want to know the answer to. If it's practice, I'll teach you the practices. If it's just understanding something, I'll help you understanding understand something. If it's just somebody to listen, then I will just listen. It's in your hands, all right? I wish you well, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I hope you have a beautiful uh, moment, and I hope that each moment today offers you an opportunity, or I hope you recognize the opportunity that each moment provides to be present, to be accepting, to be compassionate, and to be curious. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.